Hello, everyone, and welcome into the first ever edition of Bank It with John Lyons on the Believe Network. I'm your host, John Lyons, and I am super excited about getting this show going because this show is going to be really unique. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down all the biggest games, the biggest news, the biggest trades. I'm going to walk you through why they were good for your team, why they were bad for your team, why you should be happy, why you should be angry. And I'm also going to help make you a little bit money by giving you some gambling tips along the way. So this show is going to be a mix of a few different things. I'm really looking forward to doing it, and I'm hoping that you guys will really enjoy it. And what a week to get started. It's the Super Bowl week. We have the Chiefs. We have the Eagles kicking off in just a few days on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. in Arizona. I'm going to break down the Super Bowl itself. I'm going to give you some betting tips on that. And I'm also going to talk about the other huge thing that happened in Phoenix, Arizona, and that was the Suns landing Kevin Durant in a late night trade on Wednesday night. I'm going to talk about how that affects the NBA odds, and I might even sneak in some NFL honors talk as well. So stay tuned here. we got a lot to get through, but I'm super excited. I'm going to start here with the Super Bowl. And obviously these two teams, the Eagles and the Chiefs, they were the two best teams in their conference. Both went 14 and three. Both were the number one seed. Both had first round buys. Both got through the conference championship games against really good opponents. The Eagles had a little bit of an easier road, obviously, because the Brock Purdy injury, the Josh Johnson injury, the 49ers had no quarterback in the second half of that game. So for me, I look at two of these these two teams as well-oiled machines that are really good. I think right now the Eagles are a little bit healthier, and I think the biggest storyline is Mahomes' high ankle sprain. We saw him play pretty well against Cincinnati, but only run the ball that one time for the five-yard gain, which helped set up the winning field goal. So he was limited with his legs in that game. We'll see two more weeks off. I think he will have more ability to move around with his legs, and Andy Reid had a quote earlier this week that Mahomes is doing essentially everything in the playbook at practice. So that's a good sign, but of course, as we know, some of the things that Mahomes does are not in the playbook at all. So we'll see if that's a little bit of hedging there on Andy Reid. But I want to talk about not just the quarterbacks, because everybody talks about the quarterbacks. I want to tell you the other key to this game, which I think is just as important to the quarterback play. And that's the play of these two offensive lines. Because, look, Patrick Mahomes, even if he's much healthier than he was two weeks ago, he's not going to be 100%. And we saw just two years ago the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive line destroy the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line en route to a relatively easy Super Bowl victory. The Chiefs have rebuilt their offensive line since then. They've played really well offensively. That line has blocked really well ever since they rebuilt it. And in fact, this year they were number one in ESPN's pass block win rate. So we're looking at a great offensive line in front of Patrick Mahomes. The Eagles, for their part, they also have an elite offensive line. Jason Kelsey's a stud. Lane Johnson is one of, if not the best offensive lineman in football. They really only have one weak link. Pass blocking wise, that's Jordan Jordan Melata, their left tackle. He was 56th out of 64 in pass block win rate. So I want to spend a minute here and talk about these two offensive lines and why they're important. So first, I want to start with the Eagles. Look, the Eagles love to run the ball, and they're really good at it. They led the league this year in rushing. They were really tough to stop on the ground. I look at this as a necessary thing for them in this game, too. And it's not just because they're good at it. It's you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey any more chances than they're already going to get. So they need to run the ball effectively, wear down the Chiefs defense, also set up some big plays because I think that Chiefs secondary, they're going to probably have a couple rookies starting back there. And I know Cook made the big play on the deflection to help set up an interception. 
but they had two rookies also give up the huge fourth and one conversion completion to Jamar Chase in the AC championship game. So they might have a couple of rookies back there. So you want to be able to set up some big plays. And I know play action is still effective even when you aren't running the ball well, but I still like it better when you are running the ball well. So I think the offensive lines are really important. I think Chris Jones, if Steve Spagnuolo, who's a great defensive coordinator, can find a way to get him matched up, against Jordan Melata or Frank Clark consistently matched up there and the Eagles don't do enough to help, that's going to cause Jalen Hurts a lot of issues. And Jalen Hurts, by the way, not only did he remake himself as a passer and take his biggest step forward as any player in the NFL this year, he also was second on the Eagles in rushing. So this is a guy that not only was much better throwing the ball, he can really create with his legs too. But like any quarterback, if they can export Melata and get Hurts constantly under pressure, it's going to be trouble. Let's not forget they had a lot of trouble against that 49ers defense, especially in the first half when the 49ers still had a quarterback on conference championship Sunday. So that's something to watch there. If they can, if that chiefs defensive line, especially Chris Jones and Frank Clark, if they can exploit the left tackle of the Eagles, that's going to be huge for them. And I think that will help them slow down the Eagles enough to win. If they can't, then I think the Eagles have a huge advantage there. I do want to also spend time here. Look, chiefs offensive line, much better than it was two years ago. I mentioned their first in pass block win rate. Mahomes also has the most passing touchdowns against the blitz of any quarterback since 2018. But this Eagles pass rush is the real deal. I mean, they led the league in sacks with 70, which the Chiefs, by the way, were number two at 55. But we're talking a 15-sack gap between numbers one and number two. It's a huge difference. And it's not just... A couple guys. I mean, yeah, they have a San Reddick who, you know, you could make the case as an outlier, defensive of the year, player type candidate. Great, great season. But they also have Fletcher Cox on the inside. They have Brandon Graham. They have a lot of guys you can go through that can get after the passer. And when I look at the Chiefs, look, if Mahomes is not 100%, he's going to need a little extra time to throw. He's not going to be able to move as much. And McCole Hardman got placed on IR. Kadarius Tony left the AFC Championship game early. So we're talking about two significant wide receiver injuries and Mahomes is not going to be hundred percent against a great pass rush. That chief's offensive line to me, look, Mahomes and hurts the quarterbacks. They get the most attention deservedly. So that chief's offensive line, I think is going to determine the game more than any other unit on the field for either team, because not only are they going to have to protect Mahomes, I think they're going to have to find a way to open up some running lanes and Isaiah Pacheco of the chiefs, he had 830 rushing yards this year, which, you know, that's an okay number for the year. Not not great, not bad, but 633 from November 13th through the end of the season. So we're talking about a guy, he had 830 rushing yards for the year, 633 just from November 13th till the end of the season. He has been a different player. That's been a different rushing attack since he took over in early November. And I think if he can find a way to have a good game, if that offensive line can block well and the Chiefs win, we'll be looking at him as a potential MVP candidate because I think that's the type of impact he could have. And if they're running the ball well, they're probably winning because he's really tough to defend. And I'm going to get to him later in some of my betting picks as well. As far as what the Eagles are also going to do on offense. So I mentioned their offensive line. I mentioned you know, needing to be able to protect Jalen Hurts. I think they need to attack the middle of the field in the passing game as well. We we saw the Chiefs this year ranked 30th in the league in short middle passes defended, according to Sports Info Solutions. I mean, this has Dallas Goddard written all over it to me, having a big game. The Chiefs say they have two high safeties 
as much as any other team in the league. They have five and six defensive backs on the field, 74% of their snaps. They spend the most snaps in dime defense of any team in the league with 14% of their snaps. I mean, that is a lighter team and a lighter back seven. And I think the Eagles, yeah, they have to hit big plays in the passing game. They have to run the football and be able to overpower the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think if they can run the football well, Miles Sanders can get going and Dallas Goddard can get some passes over the middle. We're going to see things open up a lot. So to me, the onus is on the Chiefs. They're probably either going to have to bring a safety down, use an extra linebacker that they normally wouldn't, maybe be in a base 4-3. Either way, they have to be able to slow down that running game. Because if not, and they have to all of a sudden go single high man coverage, look, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, they're going to win against those Chiefs corners. No disrespect to Trent McDuffie, who I think is a good rookie, they, and they have some talent there. But Devonta Smith is a great player. A.J. Brown had an elite season this year and is a great player. I like them in that matchup. And then offensively for the Chiefs, I mentioned some of the injuries they have at wide receiver. They need Pacheco, and they need somebody not named Travis Kelsey in the past game to step up. Maybe that's Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't know. That's who they need to step up. They need someone like that because if it's just Kelsey, then I think they're going to have a lot of problems because, look, as great as Kelsey is, it's not going to be Travis Kelsey's going to win the Super Bowl. We saw he had 10 catches against Tampa Bay, and they lost 31-9. to So they need someone besides Travis Kelsey, who everyone knows is going to have a good game. They need someone besides him to be able to make some big plays in the passing game. So I think that's really important. So again, keys to the game to me, I like the Eagles offensive line, the Chiefs offensive line. Those are the two biggest keys. And I know that's not sexy, but against two pass rushes that great, and with an Eagles team that likes to run the football, those two offensive lines need to play well, and especially including those Chiefs and Mahomes wide receiver injuries. So that's the game. That's what I think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. I do think the Eagles are going to win a close one. I think it's going to be a great game come down to the wire. I want to help you out, though. Maybe make you a little money along the way. And there's some bets here. Obviously, Super Bowl, you have prop bets left and right. I'm not going to tell you about betting on the Gatorade or the National Anthem. I don't care about that. But if you do, go ahead and throw some money on it. Look, I think there's some really easy ways to hit some overs here. And the first one is Isaiah Pacheco. 49 and a half rushing yards I like. But what I love, and I've seen this through MGM, 12 and a half receiving yards over under. He could get that on one reception. And this is a guy, I mentioned it. He's got 633 rushing yards since November 13th through the end of the regular season. He had 120 rushing yards in the playoffs. He has become a major part of that offense. And with Miko Hardman out, and I know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is back, but he's been out most of the year. With Miko Hardman out, Kadarius Tony limited. I think they're going to, and Mahomes' injury, they're going to need to throw the ball to their running backs. And I'm not telling you he's going to have 100, 150 yards receiving, but I think he's going to smash that 12 and a half receiving yard over. So I love that. I like the rushing yard number as well. Mahomes, 292 and a half passing yards over under. I like the under here. And, and I know it's Mahomes, and I know he's you know great, and I know he can throw for 300 yards in his sleep. But to me, this is a combination of, I think, Kansas City with Pacheco, with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They may try to run the ball a little bit more than we're accustomed to, but also how much Philly runs the ball. Philly runs the ball. They are going to make sure that they control the clock with Miles Sanders. I mentioned Jalen Hurts is the second leading rusher on their team. So I like that. I, I just, I like that under. I, I really do. And I think it has more to do with how Philly is going to approach the game than how Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to approach the game. So I like Mahomes under 292 and a half passing yards. 
Jalen Hurts, 49 and a half rushing yards. I like the over. He doesn't run the ball much since he came back from his injury. He's been under th- his three games since he came back. But that Chiefs run defense, it sits in the middle of the pack. You know, they're, they're 18th ranked pass defense, 8th run defense, 11th overall in yards per game. So it doesn't stink by any means. But they also haven't really faced an element like a Jalen Hurts with two great receivers there. You know, a quarterback that can run everywhere, and he has two great receivers and a pretty good tight end. So, I like Jalen Hurts to hit the over 49 half rushing yards, but I think that's close. I, I do think that comes out pretty close there. A couple others that I like, Dallas Goddard, TD. I mentioned the Chiefs ranked 30th in the league defending short middle passes. Nick Bolton, I think, is a good run defender. I don't think he's a great in, in pass defense. I think their linebackers often get caught slow in pass defense. So I like Goddard to score a touchdown at some point. The total, 49 and a half. Look, it's two great offenses. I still like the under. Chiefs scored 27 points in the divisional round, 23 in the conference championship game. And I know you can tell me, oh, Philly scored 31 in the conference championship game. Yeah, but they had seven points at halftime. Uh, Excuse me, they were going to have seven points at halftime. Then they scored late. They get to 14. And then if a Josh Johnson fumble, they get to 21. But like, I don't think that they're going to get those Chiefs turnovers that they got with Josh Johnson inside the red zone. And the Chiefs are going to have a quarterback in the second half, unlike the 49ers. So they're going to have more time with the ball. So I think this is a close game. I think it's a 24-21 type game. So I I like the under there, 49 and a half. And also in the last 19 Super Bowls, they have gone under 11 times. So it's not like a huge disparity, but it is still more under than not. Total sacks, five and a half. I like the under here. And I know these are two great pass rushes. It's two great offensive lines and two quarterbacks that get the ball out quickly and at least can get the ball out quickly. And Hurts can create more with his legs than Mahomes, especially with that Mahomes injury. Travis Kelsey, six and a half catches, smash the over there. I mean, in two Super Bowls, he had six catches in his first one, 10 catches in his second one. He had 10 catches in the first half of the divisional round against the Jaguars. He's been, especially with the injuries they've had, he is the main part of their passing offense now. So even despite the fact that I think the Chiefs are going to run the ball and they do need a Smith-Schuster or someone like that to step up, I mean, Kelsey is still the focal point of that offense. Last one, Devonta Smith, 62.5 reception yards. I like the over. He's got at least 61 yards in eight out of his last 10. So he's right on that borderline, eight out of his last 10. But I think the Eagles are going to try to run the ball a lot and they're going to go for some play action. And when they go there, they're going to look A.J. Brown deep and they're going to look Devonta Smith e- either deep or on crossing routes to get some big yards after the catch. And we know Super Bowls can be a little bit more drawn out, which might help with his conditioning. And I- I'm not just saying him. I'm saying any receiver. So he's going to play most of the snaps, I think, in the game. And defenses tend to get tired out a little more than offenses. So he maybe he sneaks in a big play here or there late. But I do like him to hit the over on those receiving yards. We've got a whole second half of the program coming up, though. Stay tuned after a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back in to Bank It with John Lyons on the Believe Podcast Network. I am John Lyons. We talked about the Super Bowl. I gave you a game preview. I gave you a lot of bets that I like in the Super Bowl. Now I want to talk about what's happening Thursday night. That's the NFL Awards. And some of these are kind of straightforward, so I'm not going to spend too much time on them because I do want to get to the NBA and the massive Kevin Durant trade that happened on Wednesday night. But Mahomes and Hertz are both plus 135 to win MVP. I like Mahomes here. And even and look, Jalen Hurts has the benefit if he missed a couple games, they lost a couple games while he was out. That always helps your MVP case. But Mahomes, 
He threw for 5,250 yards, number one in the NFL. He led the NFL in touchdown passes, and he did it all after they traded Tyree Hill away. And this was a year that people thought, oh, the Bills are finally going to be the big dogs in the AFC. The Bengals are coming off a Super Bowl. Chiefs still win 14 games. They get the number one seed. I know it's a regular season award, but here they are in the Super Bowl again. So I like Mahomes here over Hurts. If you're looking at plus 135 for both, I, I do like Mahomes as the better bet there. Offensive player of the year, look, Justin Jefferson's minus 800, so you're not making a ton of money there, but I still think he wins that award. Defensive player of the year, you have Nick Bosa at minus 1100. Look, I, I think he's the favorite there, but play I don't mind. Chris Jones, plus 10,000. We saw him have a big year sack-wise. He's on the best team in the AFC. As I mentioned once before, he might be their second-best player on some days. I know Travis Kelsey overall is, but there are days that Chris Jones might be their second-best player. And then you have Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, and Comeback Player of the Year. Look, Offensive Rookie of the Year, I think Garrett Wilson wins this. And Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think it's Sauce Gardner. I think the Jets have the two rookies of the year. Those are you know minus 200 for Wilson, minus 1,200 for Sauce. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But Comeback Player of the Year. So I've seen... Saquon Barkley and Geno Smith, both both at plus 175. Look, I think Geno Smith wins this award. And look, he started three games last year, zero games in the three seasons before that. He gets Seattle to the playoffs with a roster that mostly young players. We saw two rookie tackles, a rookie running back, rookie defensive backs, rookies everywhere, second-year players everywhere. This is a team that was really young, expected to be one of the worst in the league after trading Russell Wilson, and he gets them to the playoffs. And look, Saquon Barkley had a great year, but you could also make the case Saquon Barkley, he needed the coaching change, and then he was going to be all right. Whereas Geno Smith, like I said, started three games last year. Before that, had been three years without a start. You didn't think he was going to be all right when he started for the Seahawks this year, and they made the playoffs. So I like Geno Smith to win the Comeback Player of the Year award. And what a season for both of those men. But huge credit to Geno Smith as well. I think he just did a phenomenal job this year. I mentioned it was a really young Seahawks roster that, you know, you would you would have thought that Seattle might have had a top five pick this year, but not Denver's. You would have thought it would have been their own. And instead they trade Russell Wilson to Denver. He gets him a top 10 pick. He has a terrible season. And Seattle... I mean, here they are in the playoffs again. I know they were overmatched against the 49ers, but I think just to get there with all those young players was a really great accomplishment, and that's why I lean Geno Smith for Comeback Player of the Year. Last thing I want to get to, it's been a football-centric show, but arguably the biggest news of the week, in fact, not arguably, the biggest news of the week, Kevin Durant traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns, in some places, were 18-1 to to win the NBA championship before this trade. Now I'm seeing him on FanDuel at plus 460. And look, I think the wet, the race in the West is fascinating. You saw the Warriors bring back Gary Payton II. The Mavericks added Kyrie Irving. Denver has been the best team in the West all year. Memphis has been the second best team in the West all year. And you look at, I look at Denver, I look at Phoenix here. And, and Denver's right behind Phoenix as far as the odds. Look, Durant, 29 points a game. Devin Booker, who just came back, 26 points a game. DeAndre Ayton's averaging 18 and 10. Chris Paul, 13 and 4. But then you have Nikola Jokic on Denver, 24, 11, and 10. One back-to-back -back MVPs, could win another one this year. Jamal Murray's averaging 20 points. Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., both averaging 16.9 points. I mean, these two teams are so evenly matched. And I guess it probably comes down to 
who do you like better, Jokic or Durant, when it comes to winning time in a conference finals? Because I think that's probably what it's going to come down to. I lean Denver here. And the reason I, and look, I think Phoenix is legit. I wouldn't be shocked if they go to the finals. I lean Denver a little bit. I like them at plus 700 more than I like the Suns at plus 460 because I think Jokic is as good as Durant right now. And look, all time, Durant's better, obviously. But I think Jokic right now, those back-to-back MVPs, he's better. I worry about Chris Paul breaking down in the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker, I think, are really good. But Booker is coming off an injury. And I like Jamal Murray. Look, he's not as good as Devin Booker. I think he complements Nikola Jokic really well. And I think Booker will complement Durant, but I think Murray complements Jokic even better. So I actually like Denver there a little bit more, but I think this is going to be a razor-close race. I still like the Celtics to win the NBA championship, but I'm a little bit biased because I do live in Massachusetts. So thank you very much for listening to the first-ever edition of Bank It with John Lyons. I'm going to be bringing you content Every week for Believe here on out, I'm going to, like I said, this is a unique show. And if you have any thoughts, any questions, anything you want me to get to, send me a tweet at the Real John Lyons. DMs are open. I'd be happy to talk about any topics you want on air. And like I said, it's a unique show. I'm going to break down big trades, big games. I'm also going to try to maybe give you some tips that might help you put some money in your pocket. So thank you very much for listening. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again next week.